South Dakotans, welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show, aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello, and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Daryl Root. Today's topic is, why aren't more people libertarian? In a country where Democrats and Republicans have pretty much become the same party, the only difference being what they spend money on after stealing it from you via the IRS, why don't people who say they want a third party actually vote for one? Well, like a lot of other things, the answer is fear. Fear that the greater of two evils will win the election and go against their wishes. But before I delve deeper into that answer, I need to do my usual promo. This show is sponsored by Camp Ridger Seasonings, as you can see scrolling below me. Seasonings designed to enhance the flavor, not bury it. The Sweet Sarah Seasoning Blend recently took third place in a Ribfest cook-off in which they teamed up with the Libertarian Party of South Dakota of which I am the present treasurer. Also on that note, the opinions I express on this show do not necessarily parallel those of the party itself. In addition, anything Dakota Rustler related can be found at dakotarustler.org. From there, you can support the show by purchasing merchandise, make a donation or a sponsorship, and listen to any of the last 20 podcasts via Spotify or other links appearing on the page. And as far as merchandise goes, here is an example. This is the Unicolor logo on a t-shirt. The video versions of the Dakota Rustler Show, which started last week to kick off Season 2, are available on YouTube and Odyssey. Just search Dakota Rustler to find them. Okay, let's get back to the main topic. Why aren't people more libertarian? A lot of this goes back to the fear factor, which I mentioned a minute ago in my opening. Democrats and Republicans like to use the fear of perceived greater of two evils winning, should you decide to, what they consider, waste your vote on a third party. However, smart people recognize they have been wasting their vote for generations on the two major parties. What they get election after election is a Congress that will increase your taxes, involve us in endless wars, which cost us thousands of American lives, more regulation, less privacy, less freedom, and a smaller chance of being able to compete with the corporate elites. Each one of those could be a separate podcast of its own, but for now, let's stick to the basic reasonings that defy all logic for the argument I'm making today. For that, you can follow along in the chalkboard, which I will bring up. The first thing you will see listed is a felon record on work applications. Most of us who have filled out an application in the last couple of decades will come to that big question. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? Have you been convicted of a felony in the last 10 years? Or something similar. Some some even want to know if you've been convicted of any crime, including misdemeanors. Democrats and Republicans have no issue with this being allowed on work applications, and I don't know for a fact, but I suspect the Supreme Court of the United States has stated this is perfectly fine. In fact, I'm almost positive they have. 
I, however, disagree. Once a person has been convicted and served their time, the punishment should be over, complete, and not a matter to be brought up again. By allowing employers to ask this question, potential workers are being discriminated against. How many employers are willing to give felons an opportunity or a second chance to prove their worthiness in society? Probably not too many. In today's sue-em-every-chance-you-get society, employers have to fear that hiring an ex-con will open them up to future lawsuits, especially if your employers have to go into somebody's home to perform their job. To make matters worse, many people in jail today are there for crimes that didn't even have an actual victim. Drug use, not paying previous fines, driving without a license, and more. On top of that, when these people are released and unable to find work, families for which they could and should be supporting end up on welfare and other assistance programs. Democrats and Republicans have no problem with this, apparently. If they can get you to count on them for your existence, they have your vote in the next election. Libertarians, on the other hand, we don't believe that these convictions should follow you around for the rest of your life. We all make mistakes of one type or another, some serious, some not. But unless you murdered someone or committed some other heinous crime, your punishment should end afterwards. In a libertarian world, victimless crimes would not get jail time causing a red mark on work applications either. I would prefer these questions to not even be asked. The second thing on this list is local zoning code violations. I listed a number of items on the chalkboard. Too many weeds, grass too tall and not mowed in time are the first two. While there are probably a few reasons for healthy people not to mow their yard and kill weeds on a regular basis, such a thing can happen. If a person is away on vacation and can't make arrangements to get it done, it can happen. If a person has suffered a recent injury and has been told to rest and avoid labor for a couple of weeks, tall weeds and grass can happen. Maybe the lawnmower breaks down and it takes a couple of weeks to replace it. It can happen. What if you're an elderly person and simply can't do the work? Then you are relying on someone else to get that work done, usually at a cost to you. First, there's the issue of whether the lawn care provider is reliable. You only find that out with time. Second, there's the issue of how many times someone maybe on, who's on a limited income can afford to get the lawn taken care of. Maybe they can only afford twice a month. Couple that with a rainy month and a misservice, and ta-da, you have extra long grass, you have extra long weeds. Some communities are real sticklers for this. The richer, the worse they seem to be. But who have you harmed? Absolutely no one. Why should you be punished for tall grass? Some will argue it brings down home values in their neighborhoods. But for every study that claims it does, other studies show it not to be true. Republican and Democrat city councils, they don't care. Fines bring extra money into their coffers. Why would they want to stop it? In a libertarian world, there is no crime if there is no victim. As long as the grass isn't tall enough to harbor rats and other vermin, creating a possible health concern, it shouldn't matter how long anyone's grass is. On that same topic are licensed vehicles. 
No parking in the front yard instead of the driveway. No RVs in driveways and other vehicle regulations. Why isn't someone who has no other place to house their vehicle allowed to put a broken down car or truck in a driveway while working on it to bring it up to stuff, get it back into working order, or maybe even get it re-registered if the registration ran out? Who does it harm? The answer is no one. Maybe it doesn't look nice just sitting there in a broken down state, but guess what? A fat person in a Speedo sitting on their front porch doesn't look nice either. Nobody's trying to ban that. What one person sees as an eyesore, another person sees as an opportunity to restore something back to something operable, usable, and functional. A person's idea of beauty and what should be allowed stops at their property line, or at least it should stop there. If you've ever been hassled by your local zoning board, you should be a libertarian. What about garage sale permits? Why do you have to get a permit to have a garage sale or a yard sale? Most people doing garage sales do so once a year, maybe twice, usually on a weekend to get rid of what they consider junk, something no longer usable to them. Who is harmed by a neighbor holding a garage sale or a rummage sale or whatever they call it where you live? Again, no one. And why should the local government make a single penny off of it? They shouldn't. In fact, here's an idea. Instead of holding a yard sale in the instead of holding a yard sale in the middle of the night, take all of your unwanted crap and dump it in the front yards of all your city council members. Better yet, include a sign that says, I can't afford your damn permit fee. That's why I'm getting rid of it, to make money. I'm sure the city council members don't want your useless stuff any more than you do. You shouldn't have to pay to get rid of it to someone else who wants it and can use it. In effect, it's recycling, which is good for the environment. Government should encourage it, not tax it. And last on that topic is flags and banners. Well, I can understand that it can get out of hand. Some municipalities don't allow any flags or banners. Again, who is harmed? Who is it harming? Again, the answer is no one. Anyone should be allowed to fly any given flag or any given banner they want, as long as it's not overtly offensive to the average citizen. Obviously, something blatantly pornographic shouldn't be allowed, but the U.S. flag, the flag of your heritage, political flags, and any other flag or banner should be permitted. It's your own property. You own it, or at least that's the way it's supposed to be. If you can't do with your property what you want, then do you really own it? Obviously, if it infringes upon someone else's rights, then each situation needs to be assessed. However, the things I've mentioned up to this point do not infringe on the rights of any neighbors and therefore should not be put to government scrutiny, fines, or taxation. This should make everyone want to be a libertarian. Third on the list is the IRS. Could there possibly be another government agency that knows more about you than the IRS? Every year you have to file a tax return if you made over $400. Hell, I've had work days where I've made that much money. You need to claim your dependents. They all need a secret code number, better known as your social security number. 
They track your savings. They track your investments. They track your medical costs if you deduct those, your mortgage interest, sales taxes that you pay, at least for some people, and a whole host of other things that have anything whatsoever on the dollars you earn. Then they have all sorts of special deductions for particular groups of people that they consider to be favorites. In other words, people who will vote to be on the government dole pet list. It's just government playing favorites. And of course, if you're grasping at my concept by now, you already know Democrats and Republicans play off of each other, using you as bait to manipulate the system. And because they make the system so damn difficult to follow, you have to hire somebody to make sense of it all, just in an effort to pay the least amount of tax possible. But if you're middle class, look out. Like most people, you're probably not in their favorite category list. This doesn't happen in a libertarian world. In a libertarian world, the IRS is kaput, finished, done, over with. And we replace it with a value-added tax or a sales tax with exemptions for the necessities in life. That way, the poor are better off, at least no worse off, and those who can actually afford taxes pay the taxes. The fourth thing on the list are the mega corporations such as Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and so forth. Technically, these companies aren't monopolies, but because most people aren't willing to use alternatives, they all act and perform as one. Why you do it is beyond me. I don't use a single Microsoft, Google, or Apple product anymore for personal use, though I do have some business use for them. That will change, too, in the coming months. I've already switched over to Linux Mint operating system, LibreOffice instead of Microsoft Office. I try to buy as much as I can using cash at local businesses. I've started looking up products on Amazon and then try to buy directly from the manufacturer's website instead. I keep my personal info and thumb drives in a safe place instead of on the cloud. What little I do keep on the cloud is not stored with Google. Why? I'm tired of all the mega corporations taking my data without my permission and selling it to whoever has the dollars to hand over to them. Even if you opt out, they still sell it behind your back. I explained in my Health Score podcast a few weeks back how all these places use metadata to determine who it belongs to. The algorithms these places use are frighteningly accurate. Do Republicans and Democrats do anything to stop this? Of course not. Mega corporations have them wrapped around their little pinky finger with all their lobbying dollars, fancy meals and travel, and other secret forms of bribery. All these places should be forced to protect your privacy and should only be allowed to sell your information if you opt in to let them do so. They should not require you to opt out, which is what they stick in those eight-page documents called contract terms. Few people are going to read everything that is in them. I'm probably the exception, and not the fool exception. I at least take the time to skim through them looking for key phrases such as automatic renewal, cost variations, and other iffy details. Libertarians, on the other hand, would respect your privacy and make businesses abide by the Fourth Amendment just like the government is supposed to, especially if these companies receive as much as $1 in government funding. 
Why aren't more people libertarian? I don't know. Apathy is the only thing I can possibly think of. And last but not least, let's look at conservatorships, which have been in the news lately thanks to Britney Spears. Her father has been controlling virtually every aspect of her life for decades. She's an adult woman and has been for a while. She should be in control of her life, what she does, when she does it, how she does it, etc. No person who is not a minor should ever be under the control of another person. That's the definition of slavery. Unless someone is so incapable of running even the basics of their own life, they should be in complete control. And for those who can't do so, once a conservatorship has been started, it should be required to be reviewed on a regular basis. A lot of elderly people are under the ruling of a conservatorship. At times, I'm sure it's necessary. Take dementia for an example. Someone who can't remember to pay bills, let alone that they even have bills, needs someone to look after them, especially if they don't have family nearby. But even these older people know when they're hot, cold, whether they need more heat or air conditioning in the home. They know if they're hungry and need food and when they need to eat. Some of these people aren't even allowed to make these simple decisions. There's an example of a woman in Florida a woman by the name of Rebecca Fiel Santoyan, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, she held over 450 conservatorships on people. One of those was the authorization to do for a do not resuscitate order on a woman who never gave her permission to do so or whose family gave her permission to do so. How in the hell, pardon my language, does a person get control of over 450 people? How does a person even control the affairs of that many people? Well, I guess it's possible. Biden has us all by the privates, and America is 330 million strong. So how does this become a libertarian issue? Conservatorships aren't bad if they are truly needed. People should be allowed to act as one. I'm all for it. It's very libertarian. It's very free and liberty-oriented. But because it involves controlling the life of another person, which I stated earlier is the definition of slavery, it should be reviewed on a regular basis. If it were, I don't think a person would be able to gather up over 450 cases of it. Nobody can honestly run 450 conservatorships without some type of failure to act in the person's best interest. But in the end, it all goes back to where I started. Why aren't people more libertarian? Again, fear. Fear that the greater of two evils will reign supreme if voting for a third party. One third of America wants a third party. The libertarian party is a third party. We exist. If the majority of those wanting a third party actually voted for a third party, even if it wasn't libertarian, guess what? you would have a legitimate third party able to compete with the duopoly that now exists. It also has to do with apathy. Too many people just believe we're beyond help and that you can't fight the government. Well, I think January 6th proved that to be untrue. Our legislators, at least some of them, actually feared for their life at that time. And that's the way it should be. Citizens should have no fear of the government. The government should fear its citizens that the citizens will take revenge if they don't rule and legislate as they see fit. 
That's how a democratic republic works. Without that, we're just another socialist dictatorship headed for the heap pile of history. Well, that's about all the time I have for today, so it's time to cue the music. You know the mantra by now, stay safe and always be free. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dakota Rustler Show, a production of DL Root. All rights reserved by DL Root, Buzzsprout.com, and their shared partners. Unauthorized use is prohibited. This show is sponsored by Camp Bridger Seasonings. Products available at CampBridger.net.